My novel Finding Home is available for purchase on February 20th in everywhere that books are sold. One reader called it a spiritual experience embedded in pure drama. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Tell a fantastic story, but reveal all the layers of spiritual truth that were in the prodigal son parable when Jesus told it. But we miss it with our Western eyes. You will be amazed at the Father's incredible love for you. You can find out more on my website, susankamacias.com backslash finding dash home. Welcome to episode 37. Have you ever been in a place where it seemed like the logical place to go by following God was to turn left? And instead, God seemed to make a hard right turn exactly away from where you thought you were going? Well, I have. And today's episode is all about what do we do when we get an unexpected leading from the Lord? I'm so glad you found the We're Not Done Yet podcast, a special place for emptiness moms who are trying to find out what Jesus wants them to do next. I'm Susan Macias, author of the book, Unceasing, A Parent's Guide to Conquer Worry and Pray with Power, and the devotional, 31 Days, Praying for My Daughter. Sister, the Lord places special calls on this emptiness stage of our life. So let's help each other figure out what to do next, because we're not done yet. Hey, friend. Have you ever heard someone preaching and them telling you, just follow Jesus and all of your problems will be over and everything will work out? If you ever do, say baloney, turn around and run the other way. That is just not the experience of walking with the Lord. And sometimes when he's taking us places, and I use the word sometimes a lot, but honestly, it's a lot of the time following God is counterintuitive. It seems opposite of where we think we ought to go. It seems counter to the advice we might be given by somebody else. So how do we keep following God when he unexpectedly leads us in the opposite direction? There's two things that are contradictory that we have to do at the same time that we're following the Lord. The first one is all through scripture when we are told to abide or dwell with the Lord. He tells us in the Old Testament a lot in Psalms, it says to abide, to dwell. And there are over six words, Hebrew words that can be translated abide or dwell. There's a rich meaning there. And when you look them up, and I won't tell you all the Hebrew words because I probably would mispronounce them and I don't want to do that on air. So I'm just going to tell you some of the Hebrew meaning that comes from where we get the translated abide or dwell. It can mean to stop, to stay permanently, even to be stubborn or obstinate. It's, it's turning aside on the road and getting hospitality, especially as a stranger. It means to sit down, to remain, to reside permanently, to inhabit. There's such a beauty there of thinking about this, this picture of just being in this lovely place, stopping permanently, sitting down, surrounded by hospitality. It feels comfortable and warm and inviting. But we know that we're also called in scripture, strangers and aliens. How are we abiding, staying permanently and getting hospitality as we're strangers and aliens? And on top of that, Jesus' instructions for us are to follow him, to go, to seek, to tell. We're going to have to get up and go while we're sitting still and remaining, remaining stubbornly. 
Yes, because it's we're remaining stubbornly in Him, not in a place, not in our comfort, not in our ideas, but only in Him. I love the picture I get in the Old Testament of this, this unexpected leading, this paradigm of of remaining in God while always being on the move and never quite finding our home here. If you look at the Israelites, when they are being brought out of slavery, it's a beautiful story of God's power, of his hand on his people's lives, but they come out of their slavery in Egypt and they're being taken to the promised land, the promise that was given hundreds of years before to Abraham and to his sons after him, to Isaac and to Jacob. And it's there, it's the promised land, we know where it is, and they're coming out of Egypt. And it's not that long of a trek to get from Egypt to the promised land. But what does God do? He makes a hard right turn. He goes away from the promised land as the pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night. He's leading his people and he is leading them away seemingly from the promise. They don't have to actually go through the Red Sea to get to the promised land. That was an a diversion. That was a turn that God chose to make. And what an amazing picture we have always had of how he can take us up to the Red Sea, then part the Red Sea, that that place we can't get through on our own. He can take us through and he can even defeat our enemies. But that picture was given to the Israelites and to us only because God took the people in the opposite direction of where they thought they should go. He takes them into a place of difficulty. And that is such a hard thing to live with as we walk with the Lord in the reality of, I just think the prosperity gospel is a bunch of hooey. Our prosperity is our riches in Christ and our inheritance in Him. But I don't think we're going to see that here on earth. The Israelites didn't. They were taken first through the Red Sea and then into a desert. And you know what the desert doesn't have? Water or food. And we have hundreds of thousands of people wandering through the desert without water, without food. And the second they get out there, they forget the God who showed his might, power, and control over water, over animals, over all creation. And they complain and they argue and they say, why, Moses, did you bring us out here to die? It was better in Egypt. You know, I'd love to just say, I can't believe those Israelites. But the reality is when I come up against hard times, when I come up against challenges for which I see no solution, I have the same response. Why are you bringing me out here, God? In fact, I think I was happier before I was following you. I'm ashamed to say I've said the same thing. But the Israelites, time and time again, come up to these places. They come where they have no water. And then they come to water and it's bitter. And the Lord uses Moses to cure the water where they can drink it. And they drink and they're satisfied and they have hope again. And then they wander some more and they're starving and they don't know what to do. And their babies are hungry. And, you know, I'm a mama bear. If my babies got hungry, I'd get pretty upset too. What do they do? Do they just ask God? please provide? No, they complain and argue and say, why are we not back in Egypt in slavery where we had enough to eat? 
And yet, God shows them his daily provision for their lives. What a beautiful picture, again, we have of manna, of God daily showing up to minister to our hearts. And it's only because God took them into the desert that we have the picture of manna. And then we have where they get to Mount Sinai. And Moses goes up on on Mount Sinai to get the law from God. And they can see all of the big dark clouds and the lightning and the rumblings. But Moses has gone a long time and the people get impatient. How are you with waiting? I stink at waiting. I'm horrible at waiting, whether it's a red light or the grocery store line or waiting on God to show up and do what he promised. The people immediately decide they can come up with a better God than this God who takes them through the desert, who wants to provide for them, but only do it daily where they have to keep coming back to him again and again. So they create a God in their own image. And when Moses comes down, there's great judgment. There's great sorrow. And then he sits with God. They stay in this place for a long time and he sits with God and he meets with them. And it says he meets with them in the tent face to face as if with a friend talking. Once again, we have a picture because of what the Israelites went through, because of even what Moses went through, of how daily communion with the Lord is available. You'll find that in Exodus 33 in verse 11. It says, thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to a friend. What a beautiful picture of us being able to draw aside unto him. And then when it's time to get up finally and move again, Moses says these amazing words, and this is what I think is our place of when we have unexpected turns, when we don't know where God is going, when we think, you know, I think I could come up with a better plan than this one. These are the words we need to remember. In Exodus 33, it's time now to move. And God says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said to him, which is Moses says to God, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. I don't want to go anywhere that God doesn't lead me. I'd rather go somewhere crazy behind the Lord following him than follow myself into what would momentarily be prosperous and be make sense. I want to be where he is. I want to follow him. I want to rest in him. I want to let him be my refuge and my strength. In Ezekiel, it says, the Lord God said through the prophet Ezekiel, though I removed them far from the nations and though I scattered them among the countries, once again, God doing something very unexpectedly, yet I have been a sanctuary for them for a while in the countries where they have gone. Where are you now? Does it feel like a foreign country? Does it feel like out of where God is leading? He is your sanctuary even there. Don't be surprised when he takes you on an unexpected right turn, exactly opposite from where you thought you were going to go. He is leading you there on purpose. And next week in episode 38, we'll talk about when we get to a spot like Moses saying, I don't want to go anywhere that you don't lead me. Where do we, what do we do when we get to a spot where we're like, okay, God, I'll follow you, but we don't hear him. We don't know where he's leading us to go. That's next week. Come back. See you then. Thanks for joining me today. Check out my website, susankmacias.com to find more encouragement and to be empowered toward taking your next step. 
Connect with me on Facebook or Instagram at Susan K. Macias. If you enjoyed the podcast, would you please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or whatever platform you listen on. Subscribe and share it with a friend who needs some encouragement to pursue God's call. And what about you? What's Jesus calling you to do? Be brave. Take a baby step. Do the next thing. Because you're not done yet. 